It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Charles Tompkins at Harvest Time Christian Church. We're located at 309 South 25th Street in West Memphis, Arkansas. We're here to preach the word and teach the word, and it's up to you to live it. Get ready and open up your Bibles. Let's get started. testimonies, amen? We just don't give God the praise like we ought to. Tell the goodness of God. You know, in Sunday school today, we was talking about the goodness of God and the wrath of God. God has done so much for us and we yet to appreciate him like we should. How you hear him today? He's a wonderful God. He's a good God. God never gives up on us. Even in our mischiefs, he's still good to us. Amen, somebody. God never fails, and he never will fail us. Amen, somebody. The body of Christ has forgotten about testimony service. Testimony service is a wonderful thing, and I'm glad that uh, Sister Lisa brought that forth this morning. Amen, somebody? I'm glad. We act like we, we don't want testimony service. We won't, we, we, we won't do the certain things of God because we're looking at our watches. But I always got time for what God has done for me and what God has done for others. I look to praise him at every hand. Amen, somebody. He's a wonderful God. He only asks, he only asks us to come in unified status one day a week. That's all. He gives us six days to do what we want to do for the most part. But even in those six days, we still ought to be giving reverence to God. Amen. And that's a personal thing. But he wants us all to come together on a, a certain day to give him glory and give him praise and, uni and unity. Amen, somebody. Because he wants us not to forsake the assembly of the saints, that we come together and strengthen one another. Amen. You better believe if you don't believe. God knows what he's doing. We say it all the time. God knows what he's doing. But when he does it, when he doesn't, when he does it for us, and it don't look like he's doing it the right way. <laughs> you know, God got it wrong. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, he's the same God. And he will show you he's the same God. Just like we were studying, God will allow you to be in turmoil if that's where you want to be. When you decide you don't want to go his way, And the way you claim that you want to go, that's designed for you to make it into the kingdom, God will show you you're going the wrong way. That's how wonderful he is. Even though the children of Israel were in Egypt and God delivered them, and then they, then they, they had the sea at their back. They felt like they, it was over for them. God get, came in and opened up the Red Sea, departed it, so they could go across. Even when they got in the wilderness, God fed them. Matter from heaven, 
God gave them water from the rocks, streams of water. Then he gave them meat in their lustful desire. Amen, somebody. He protected them. Their clothes never grew old. Their sandals never wore out. You can't tell me that we're not serving a great God. But yet they forgot about God. Even though all the wonderful things that God was doing for them, they forgot about God. You can't forget about God. You can't let nothing distract you from God. Amen? You can't let no man, you can't let no woman, you can't let no job, you can't let no job, you can't let no job. Nothing distract you from God. God is your lifeline. Amen. We're coming to the end of the second month in the new year. Many folks that made all these daggone promises to God uh, 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 probably at 1201 December the, 3rd, the 1st of January. When it crossed over to January the 1st. They made all these promises to God of what they're going to do and what they're not going to do no more. But where are you now? In the second month of the year that you made the promise at the end of the year, beginning the first of the year of this year. So see, this is what God was dealing with me about. So I titled this today, Where Are You Today? I'm, I titled this is a question. Where are you today? I know where you was, or you thought you was uh, before you came in here. But where are you today? Let us look at where we, where we should be today, amen? Let us look at this. Let us pray. Father, we come right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God, for being who you are to us. Even, God, when we ain't being who we need to be to you, you're still being who you are to us. We thank you, God. And trustworthy even when we're not. You keep your covenant even when we don't. You keep your grace and mercy upon us, God. You're, you're a forgiving God, wonderful God, a miracle-working God. Nothing's changed, God, in you. The change is in us. Oh, God, you never leave us or forsake us. We leave you. Help us today, Holy Spirit. Let us hear from you today, God. Open up our ears today, God. Open up our hearts that we receive you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let us continue in this walk, God. According to your will, according to your ways, God, let us not be bamboozled or hoodwinked by someone, but let us hear from you, God, in our times of trials and tribulations. Let us hear from you. We need you that time the most. We, we may think you're not there, but we know you're there. You're the one holding us up. You're the reason why we don't go crazy. You don't, you're the reason why we don't lose it. Because, God, you're holding us up, God. You're so wonderful and thoughtful of us, God. Love us so much, more than we could ever know. So, God, if you use me today, God, and your word go forth, God, touch the hearts of your people. Open up their minds, their ears, and their understanding. Fill them with your wisdom, knowledge, that they'll have this understanding, God, and that they'll know that you are a powerful God, and you are a miracle-working God. Yes. Yes, God. Today, God is a new day that you have made. A day, God, that we shall be glad and rejoice in this day and be glad in it. A day we're going to serve you. And every day thus forth, God. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen and amen. Let us turn to the book of Colossians. Colossians is after Philippians. Amen. Before Thessalonians. Amen. When you get there, say amen. Where are you today? It's a good question. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. And let's turn to verse 23. Amen. And the Bible says. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled. When you're grounded, that means you're going to have to take root. 
and you're going to have to be steadfast. That's what it means to be settled. And then it says, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard. And everyone in here has heard it. And everyone listening has heard it. And which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Amen, somebody. Let's turn to chapter 2 and look at verse 6. So the question is where you are today. Where are you today? God says, as you have therefore received Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. So the question is, where are you today? You have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You came to the altar. You saying you saved. You, you, you testified that you saved. Amen? And you have testified that you saved. But where are you today? Because the Bible says, as you have therefore received Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. Let's look at verse 10. Same chapter. And ye are completed him, which is the head of all principality and power. Hmm. Let's look at verse 11. In whom also you are, not may be, but are circumcised. Are you in him, you circumcised? With the circumcision made without hands. This is not a physical circumcision. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Where are you today? Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him. Not only were you buried with him, but you have risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. This, this is God's order. When you said you saved, all this God began to operate. Amen? Amen? Who had raised him from the dead. See, you were dead in your sins, but when you got Christ who circumcised your heart, now you have risen. Amen, somebody? And you being dead in your sins, uh-huh, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all, all trespasses, blotting out the handwritten of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way. Look at God. And then he took it and he nailed it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers. This is what happened when he, when he went to the cross. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, which means he made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So guess what? Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day are of the new moon, are of the Sabbath days. Amen, somebody? Amen. So where are you today? Well, let's look at this. <coughs> you may be seated in the house of the Lord. I, I want to I break this down because I want you to really marinate. All this to you today is going to be Selah. Amen, somebody? <laughs> you know what Selah means, though. It means to meditate on these things. I meditate on what you just heard that God has spoke to you. Amen? So today, I've asked the question, where are you today? And I began with verse 23 of the first chapter of Colossians. And it said, if you continue in the faith grounded in seat and settle and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, if you are grounded and you are settled and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister. Wherefore I, Charles Tompkins, 
is made a minister. Wherefore you all were made a minister. Minister of what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because you have all heard the gospel. And since you have all heard it, now it's saying since you continue in the faith, which means since you will persevere in the faith. So all of us are supposed to be persevering in the faith, right? Amen? Because if we want our interest into God's heavenly presence, it's going to depend on whether we remain in the Christian faith. Are you with me? The word says you will persevere. Now, this also indicates that you will remain loyal. I'm going to let you see that right there. To Christ. Most folks in the house of God today point their loyalty to the man standing over the podium in the pulpit. But if you want to see heaven, it's going to depend on your loyalty towards Christ. Amen? Because perseverance in the Christian faith, it is a test of the reality of one's trust in Christ. This verse implies that the true believer will persevere. I don't know why I have to say the true believers, but I have to say the true believers. I should just say the believers. Everybody claims to be a believer, but they ain't a true believer, so I'm going to have to say all of the true believers. Everybody claims to be a believer, but everybody's not a believer. They say they're believers. True believers continue to persevere and they continue to be loyal to Christ. Amen? Amen. Why? Because you have received Christ. Verse 6. And because you have received Christ, you are to also walk in Christ. Amen? So what am I saying? How do you walk in Christ? The only way you're going to walk in Christ, and there's not one in here that has not had this opportunity. So what I'm saying is, just as you have accepted the teachings, and you all have heard and accepted the teachings of Jesus, who is both the Messiah and Lord. You know, we, we all want to call him our Savior and our Lord. But we all know most folks just want him to be a Savior. Lord. They can do without. Most do without. But the Messiah is the one divinely anointed to secure your salvation. And he did that. And then when he did that, he became Lord. Amen? Because you went to him. <laughs> you went to him and asked him to help you. Because you couldn't live this life because you was messing it up. And you needed him to get in you to show you the right way to go. Are you with me? And since you did that, now you have claimed and declared he's Lord over your life. Amen? And since he's Lord over your life, he's supposed to be the divine person to whom you submit to in obedience. We ought to be obeyed. We ought to obey him and him and only him. Amen? But sometimes we seem like we want to obey us and not obey him. See, after you've been in this a while, see, this, this, is, this, is, this is not new, okay? So don't feel, don't feel special. Don't feel special. This is not new. The Israelites found themselves following God. Amen, somebody. They didn't know Jesus. They were following God. Jehovah. They would follow him. They was following I am. Back in the days when they got delivered out of Egypt. And when they got delivered out of Egypt, some of them understood it was the mighty works of God. 
And we've been reading, even in Sunday school, time from the book of Genesis all the way to where we are now in Psalm. We've, and we've seen how all of these kings uh, that were supposed to be over the Israelites were wicked. Some were good and became wicked. What am I saying? All I'm saying is, once we begin to follow him, somewhere along the line, we lose our focus. That's why I'm asking you, where are you today? That's the reason why they would backslide means you done lost your focus. Backslide means you done slid back to where you came from. You're not going forward to where you're supposed to be in Christ. Amen? Amen. But you're supposed to be when you receive him. In verse 10 it says you're supposed to be completing him. Amen. And the fact that you completed him means that you are completed and you are filled by Jesus with all spiritual blessings. Amen? Every spiritual blessing you need. Now, I did some study, as I do, which means that you, when you got Jesus on the inside and you're obeying the will of Jesus Christ in you, that means that you are completing him which means that you are lacking nothing. Jesus got up with all power. Jesus came in you. Did he lose his power when he came in you? No, he's still Jesus. And since he's still Jesus, he indwelled in us five blessings that we are filled with when we're filled with him. Amen, somebody. One of the blessings is we got spiritual circumcision. You don't have the same stony heart no more. That's, is that a blessing? Amen? You see that in verse 11. And we'll get to it. Being raised from the old life to a new life. That's a blessing. Giving you new life. Then he removes the curse of the law. We're going to read about it in verse 14. See, you're not bound by the law no more. You got grace. And here's the one I love, really love. The conquering of Satan and his demonic forces. See, you got power over the demonic forces of this world. The reason why folks go into the curse is because they allow themselves to do so. Amen, somebody. It's not that the devil has power over you, because he don't. You have power over the devil. And God has given you that power, and God has testified to it that you got the power. He tells you in the book of Luke 19. He said he's given you the power to trample over the enemy, the scorpions, the demons, and he gives you the authority to do so. Amen. Is that not a blessing? Oh, yeah. Amen. So we see here these blessings that indwells us because Jesus Christ indwells us, and as long as we, it's indwelled in us, and then we allow, you got to allow it to be so, people. Amen. You got to allow it to be so, church. If you don't want it to be so, it won't be so. You got to allow it to be so. Can't nobody take it away from you. Amen, somebody. So he goes on to say, in whom also ye are circumcised. In whom also ye are circumcised. In who? In Jesus. With the circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Circumcised. Your heart is cutting off uh, a removal and this circumcision is not a physical one. But there was a physical circumcision given a commandment to Moses for every male child born. But Jesus gave us a new covenant for this circumcision is a spiritual circumcision of your heart. Amen? A spiritual one. It means that the ruling powers of the believer's flesh, a sinful nature, is broken. 
are removed by the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood, it's been removed. Now God gives you a spiritual circumcision. You got you to see that everything that they did in the Old Testament was a shadow of what was to come. They were showing you through a lot of different the prophets, a lot of men of God and women of God, they were showing you what was going to happen when Jesus Christ actually appeared on the scene. They began to, they began to uh, put on the altar doves and goats and sheep and lambs for the remission of sin and repentance. But Jesus was the lamb of lambs. Amen. See, that was a temporary fix. It's just like bare aspirin or Advil. It's a temporary relief. But Jesus gave a permanent relief of sin. Amen? And circumcised our heart, our minds. And we were buried in verse 12 with him in baptism. But then also ye are raised with him through the faith of the operation of God who had raised him from the dead. Buried with him in baptism. Not a water baptism. A lot of preachers preaching, they hinge on this water baptism. I want you to know there's no power in the water. But a spiritual baptism by which the blood of Christ brings you into an intimate relationship with himself. Water is an obedient act to Jesus Christ. But you must understand baptism before you get baptized. And you must be saved to be baptized. I've seen folks baptized. I've literally seen folks be baptized. And the baptism, what God calls it to be, saw what it actually does. Baptism is an outward showing of an inward happening. Let me say that again. It's an outward showing of an inward happening. If you baptize somebody that's not saved, when they when that devil go down dry and he come up wet, he gonna be a worse state than he was before he went down. Because it's an outward showing of an inward happening. When you get baptized with Christ, you rise with Christ. The saved get baptized and they come back up with Christ and they begin to live their life according to the way Christ gave us example. Amen? So you got to understand, this, is, this water baptism don't save you. Because if, if it saved you, then Jesus did something wrong. Because he saved and delivered the man on the cross. And then when the man died, he said he's going to be in paradise with him. But it, not one time did he take the man out. He said, hold on, let me baptize you first. Amen. Amen. I'm not telling you you shouldn't be baptized. Given opportunity, you should be baptized. Because it's an obedient act to what Christ did as an example. Amen? Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. And this, this spiritual bat baptism brings you into an intimate relationship with him. And with his people through the Holy Spirit. Because it's a spiritual thing. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 13 says, just a little bit more proof. It says, for by one spirit, one spirit. Are we all baptized into one body? Now, you can't do that with no water. I'm just giving y'all proof. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and having been all made to drink into one spirit, So it's a spiritual baptism, amen? amen? There's a physical baptism and a spiritual baptism. Amen. So it says that you are all risen means that God has raised you from the sins, having
habits that you had. When you went down and came back with Christ, you, you was a new creature. The old man, old, you knew now. The old man that was old, he didn't die, and you became brand new with your new birth. Nebuchadnezzar did not, under, uh, not Nebuchadnezzar, but um, what was his name? One of the Pharisees that asked Jesus Christ. When Jesus told him he must be born again, Nebuchadnezzar, Nicodemus, thank you. Nicodemus was a scholar in the Jewish law, but an idiot to Jesus Christ, spiritual. Oh, he was a scholar to the natural, but to the spiritual, he was an idiot. He, he did not understand when Jesus Christ told him that you must be born again. He thinking must be born again. Stand up, brother. Can you see him trying to go back in his mother's womb? That's what Nicodemus was thinking. Must a man go back into the womb of his mother? That ain't what Jesus was talking about. That's why we don't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we don't study it. And even in studying it, you must have the Holy Spirit to understand it. Amen, somebody. It's the mind of God. Who better to tell you God's mind but himself? Amen. I can't tell Sister Mavis her mind. She knows what's her mind, but I don't not until she reveals it to me. Unless God show it to me. And that's God, knowing the only one knowing the mind of men. Amen? Amen? A whole lot of people try to tell you what you're you thinking about, but they don't know what you're thinking about. They try to tell you that, though. But this is a spiritual happening once you get saved. And we've all claimed to be saved. But I'm asking you today, where are you in your salvation? Because once you got saved, you got delivered from your sin habits. Amen? Uh, your, your values, your values, and guilt of your sinful acts. And you was converted to life from death. And that don't allow you to remain in your old ways. Are you with me? It doesn't allow you to, to remain in iniquity. Because now you've been bought brand new. By the blood of Jesus. Y'all stay with me now. Don't fall asleep on me. It ain't no hype. This ain't no hype message. You've been circumcised by your heart. Your heart was stony. Your heart is not the one in your chest, it's in your head. Amen? It's your spiritual, it's your mind, your thinking, your processing. And church, it can only be made new once you claim to be saved is that you read the word of God, which will renew your mind. Amen? Because your mind used to think of all of these physical, carnal things. Your mind used to lead you to doing things that wasn't right in the sight of God. But now you got a new mind. This mind, you have to, since it's new, you have to fill it up. And it has to be filled up with the word of God. Amen? Because the Bible declares to let this mind be in you, this right here. This is the mind of God. Being you as it was in Christ Jesus, as it is in Christ Jesus. Amen? So you got to let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Not your mind, because you said that you wanted Jesus to run this thing, this show now, right? So now if you want Jesus to do it, then Jesus is going to do it the way Jesus does, not the way you used to do it. Jesus is going to go the way God tells him to go, not the way you tell him to go. And if you try to tell Jesus which way to go, you can't tell Jesus which way to go, which way to go, because he's not going to go your way. Because he already declared he's not going your way. All right? He already said, whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. Whatever he tells me to say, I say. Whatever he tells me to go, I go. So you can't tell him what to say, what to do, or where to go. Because he only listens to the Father. Amen? And if he's in you, you listen to the Father. Amen? 
So he goes on to even present this to you even more where you're supposed to be. In verse 13, he says, and you being dead in your sins. You dead in your sins once he's in you. Because he's life. Sin is death. And the uncircumcision of your flesh had he quickened. He quickened it together with him. Having forgiven you and me all trespasses. Which means you have been made alive. That's the quickening. You were dead. Walking around a dead man, a dead woman. But now you have been made alive, he said. This is, you've been made alive now. Since you've been made alive, now you see like Jesus sees. And you know like he knows. Because you let that mind be in you. Amen, somebody. So you know cussing and lying ain't, ain't, you know, cussing and lying ain't, ain't what he wants you doing, right? Because now you see you've been made alive now. When you were dead now, you were doing all those things. But now God has given us new life. And we ought to live it so. It's a new spiritual life. By the blood of Jesus. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're looking at a physical world, but it's really spiritual. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's physical. Your wrestle ain't with flesh and blood. Your wrestle is in the spirit realm. See, it's not you against the devil. It's the devil against God. See, he's just using you as a pawn. Don't let the devil use you. Once you've been saved, the devil can't use you no more. He shouldn't be able to. He tried to use Jesus. Y'all know the story. Jesus didn't let him use him, did he? So the Jesus and you shouldn't allow him to use you. Where are you today? Are you being used by the devil? Are you still got Jesus operating on the inside? Running everything? Or have you given over? Because he said you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Had he quickened you, made you alive to what's going on. Blotting out the handwritten of ordinance, verse 14, that was against us. That was a handwritten ordinance against us. Which was contrary to us and took out of the way, nailing it to the cross. This handwritten ordinance was an IOU. Signed by the debtor and certification and certified, rather, of the debt that referred to the Mosaic law, which Jews contracted to obey. We didn't contract to obey it. We got grace now. We're not under the law no more. And the Gentiles, by conscience, were obligated to it. But man's inability for fulfill, to fulfill this obligation of obedience made him indebted to God. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, the debt was graciously blotted out. Jesus paid the debt. He paid the price for you and for me. Stay with me. I'm almost done. I just want you to understand. See, he blotted out the handwritten ordinance because the blood of Jesus took the debt. We're not obligated to it anymore. Amen, somebody. But we make ourselves obligated to it. We make ourselves obligated to it. But we're not obligated to it. Even those that's making themselves obligated to it, they're not obligated to it. They're just making themselves obligated to it. He done blotted it out. The debt been paid. Why are you still trying to pay the price? See, he, he blotted that thing out. Didn't he did it. He, not, he nailed that thing to the cross. And then having spoiled principality, it was spoiled principality's power. It's spoiled. He made a show of them openly. Openly he showed that I am all power over you. He triumphed over them. So the fact that he spoiled the principalities 
So what he really did was he took, he disarmed the devil. He disarmed him. The devil was holding that gun at your head, and Jesus disarmed him. And now you're free to go. You're free to go. He disarmed the principalities. He spoiled them, which means he disarmed them. All principalities. He didn't leave some of them with guns. He disarmed them all for you and for me. Amen. So why are we today? Are we still loving him like we did when it, when our heart was broken? When we heard that word of God and we rushed up to the altar to say, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Here I am. Save me. Complete me. I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to serve you. Help me, Holy Spirit. Keep me in right standards with God. We had a passion for it when we got saved. We, we fell in love with him. But just like most marriages, folks fall out of love. It's a marriage. But where are we today? Are we still in love with him? Are we still in love with him like we fell in love with him? Because, see, if we still in love with him like we fell in love with him, that means we're continually keeping his commandments. We're continually being obedient to him. Amen? We, 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 we take every... <laughs> you know, you... <laughs> mostly women. But, you know, guys do it too. They don't, they don't even put it on y'all. They find that new, that new woman... They find that new man. Boy, they can't, they can't wait to tell their girlfriend. Girl, he all that. And some girl. He make me feel like I'm on the moon. He got me so high. Mm-hmm. Man, I never would have ever thought somebody would have hooked me like she did. Woo! She got me. Man, ain't nothing I wouldn't do for her. If it looked like she about to ask for something, i just take it out and give it to her. Hey, go on, give what you want, baby. Go on, baby, give what you want. You know what I'm saying? I give you the stars and the moons and, the, you know, the baby face on. And just giving it all over. That first love. You know how you feel? <coughs> Run your bath while they're drinking when you get through. Get on my nerves sometimes. Oh, Woo, I wish he would. I wish he would just leave. I wouldn't care one way or another. Where you at today? Amen. Think back to where you when you came into this thing. I asked my wife a couple days ago. I said, "Would you marry me again?" Oh, I ain't gonna tell you what she said. She, she can be low down. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to make a point here. Where are you today in Christ? Where is your love for him today? Because, see, to love him is to obey him. To love him is to keep his ordinance. To love him is to keep his commandments. To love him is continue to walk in him and don't come out of him. To love him. So, when you first got saved, you just loved him. You couldn't get enough of him. But now, every now and then, you want to put him on the back burner. Every now and then, you just want to disregard him. Every now and then, you want to go in the lust of your own ways. But he gave his all to you. You see, all you're saying, every now and then, you want to leave him. And then you want to beg him to come back. Is that how they do it in a relationship? I, I didn't really mean to break up with you. Would you, would you take me back? She might not. He might not. But Jesus will. Oh, he'll take you back. He'll let you fall back in love with him again. He'll let you hug him again. He'll let you kiss his face. He'll kiss your face. And it'll all be real. 
Amen, somebody. He don't have no, uh, no motive that ain't right. His motive is pure. That's why he told you in verse 15, he's spoiled. He disarmed those powers that had you going the wrong way. And got all power in his hands. All principalities and powers that come against you, that have you going the wrong way. By the cross and the blood of Jesus. The fact that he went to the cross and he bled before he went to the cross. And hung on that cross. Still bleeding. Satan and all his demonic cohorts. Now, they have no power. They have no sway. No power, no sway. The only way they get the power is if you give it to them. He had it at one point, but now he don't. All power is in his hand, Jesus Christ. He don't have that power. All the sway anymore. That's that cunning, deceitfulness. That he has. He don't have it over you. He can't con you. Not if Jesus is working on the inside. The Bible even said, if it were possible, if is a conditional word, if it were possible, that he would fool the very elect of God. Then if you elected by God, he can't fool you. Why? Because he can't fool Jesus. The devil's not all knowing, but Jesus is. So how you going to fool somebody that's all knowing? But he don't have no power over you no more. He don't have no sway over you no more. He once had a grip on you, but he don't have that grip no on you no more. He don't have it no more. So how can we still give ear to any other doctrine advocated by angel worship? which they are all subject to Jesus. They all subject to Jesus. How are we going to give over to the angel worshiping the demonic? You know, those angels were demonic. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Where are we at? Where are we at? Let's look at verse 18. Let's Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. It said, let no man beguile you. Begone you. No man begone you. That means don't let them defraud you. Don't let no man begone you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. See, these angels are going to come and they're going to try to trick you. That's the, see, them demons that we're talking about, those are fallen angels. Satan is a fallen angel. We don't, we don't describe them as angels. We're more focused on the fact that he's the devil, and we do say he's Satan, and we say demons. We don't actually use the falling angels. Those, those are the workers of, the, of Satan. Those are the demons. Amen? Amen? The fallen angels. Chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then being raised with Christ, seek those things which are. So now, we get to a we get to a point right now is I'm asking where are you today? So we've already been over where you're supposed to be, and if you're still in Christ and He is still Lord over your life, and if you were risen with Christ, then if you were risen with Him, because you got saved and sanctified and Holy Ghost filled, and some of us been baptized, we were raised up with Christ then we ought to be seeking those things that are above. But too many of us are seeking the things that are below. Amen. 
Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. We ought to be seeking those things that are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. But we're too busy seeking the things that are below. See, you don't have to seek the things that are below. Because God made you a promise. Huh? Are you with me? He said if you just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's what we're supposed to be seeking. Not the things below, but the things above. What are the things above? The things of God. Seeking first the things of God and his righteousness. Then this is what happens with the things below. He said, I, then I will add all things unto thee. Don't anybody tell you those spiritual things. Those are physical things. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'll add all things unto thee. If we just seek God, he'll give you the husband. He'll give you the wife. Those are the things below. He'll give you the job, the car. He'll give you the money you need. He'll give you the help you need. Those are the things below. We got to seek the things above. When we are risen with Christ, I, Jesus' mind was always on the Father. He ain't changed that. And if he live in you, then your mind should be on the Father. Because God already got his mind on you. He'll never take it off. Five says, when we are doing this, then we mortify, therefore, our members, which are upon the earth. See? Above, then you mortify the things on the earth. These are the things on the earth we must mortify, which means put death. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, conspiracies, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Whole lot of folks in the church practicing idolatry. Because they come up in the house of God and act like they saved. And when they leave, they act like they who they are, really are, heathens. That means that they're idolizing the building. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. But we're not supposed to be idolizing the building. Those things we put to death. Why? You're not going to idolize the building because you are seeking and setting your, your belief and your, your mind on the things above. Amen? Amen, somebody. We set in our minds on the things above. So we don't concentrate on the things below because God already got that cover for us. Amen? It says, therefore, since you were raised, that means you died with Christ and turned to a new life. Are we still in the new life today? Because if we are, then we had to leave behind old ways and habits, old values and devices. And, and now we're looking for deeper knowledge. <laughs> this, this will probably upset you. <laughs> Since we did all that, we are now, let me put another word in there. We're supposed to be looking for deeper knowledge in Jesus which will give us a closer fellowship with him. We're supposed to be operating in godly ways and effectual prayer life. I'd hate to ask the question how many folk even pray on a, on a daily basis. But see, when you get Jesus on the inside, he always going to talk to the Father. That's, no, that's what prayer is. And if Jesus is on the inside of you, you should always, every day you ought to be talking to the Father. <laughs> I told Lee to talk to the Father every day, especially when she works. <laughs> if you ain't saying nothing else, help me, Lord. You see what's going on. See, we don't just talk to the Father when bad things seem to be in our life. We ought to be talking to the Father on a constant basis and always giving him thanks every day. The first thing you ought to thank him for when the day comes is uh, thank you, Lord, for another day. Huh? And, 
need to thank him for in a total of a day is, Lord, thank you for rest tonight. And if I don't see you in the morning here on this side, I'll see you on the other side. Y'all you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we ought to be uh, witnessing. We ought to have a fulfillment as witnesses. I love to witness to folk. It just fills me up. I love to witness. I love to tell folks about Jesus. I was talking to a lady the other day. I went down there in uh, uh, Bad Hill, Mississippi, down there looking at some work. And I got through looking at the work. I, I stood on that porch for probably an hour talking to her about the Lord. She told me she was, they was on their way to church. Her husband, they was going to church. Uh, they prayed for an hour at church. And I began to talk to her about the Lord. Man, I was, I was just loving it. I said, well, and I heard the Lord say, that's enough. It's time to go. And, and she said, oh, no, you ain't got to go. I like listening to you. See, see, I feel good about it. I love to tell folks about it. And I love it when they want to hear it. I really love it. I love it when they don't want to hear it. Because that just fulfills to me what God said. That makes me trust him even more. Well, God said that would happen. There it is. They don't want to hear it. And you're thinking in your heart that everybody should want to hear this good news. But everybody don't want to hear this good news. Everybody likes the news they've been hearing. Amen, somebody. But we should have a fulfillment in, with, in, in witnessing to those. So I say, if you've been raised with him, Christ, and are seeking those blessings that, it, that he has for us, if you're doing all of this, if you've been raised with him, if you've been raised with Christ, and you are not seeking those blessings, then it is a contradiction to your raising and the blood flow through your veins. It's a contradiction. I've been raised with Christ, but you're doing your own thing. That's a contradiction. And that blood that flows, it ain't Jesus. It ain't Jesus. Amen, somebody. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, this is one of the most easiest things for us to do. I'll bet you won't even guess what it is. <laughs> the devil is deceitfully wicked, and I only, uh, I only speak of him to uncover him, never to give him praise. I only speak of you to expose you. I have no praise for the devil. But one of the easiest things that he try, that he'll get you to do is <laughs> only three letters. Say it again. <laughs> lie. Oh, he'll get you to lie quick. Oh, yeah, baby could be looking like barrel. And then come to you and say to God, she's beautiful. Woo, she pretty. She, I tell them she precious. All babies are precious. But all babies not pretty. Oh, when the pressures apply. Yeah, are you with me, Deke? You go lie. I've seen preachers, when the pressure was applied, I've seen them lie. I've seen bishops lie. When the pressure was applied, I just didn't want to tell him. Well, what are you supposed to tell him? Is the truth is what God wants us to do. You ain't supposed to lie to folks just to save their feelings. You think because you lie to them to save their feelings is okay with God? That's like stealing because you ain't got a job and your family's hungry. Versus a man that is a, 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 a he, he's a nympho in it, stealing. What they call him? What them thieves call him? A klepto. Nympho that other person. That's a sin too. But God will give you self-control. If you want it. But it's like a, it's like a, a kleptomaniac. He's stealing because he just, that, that, that demon in him is telling him steal, steal, steal. 
He get joy in stealing. But you're saying this man that you arrested, he was only stealing to feed his family. He lost his job. He's hard for him to find a job. And he's just stealing to feed his family. That don't make it okay. It don't. Not to God. But man may excuse it. God don't excuse it. God don't excuse you from stealing a piece of bubble gum versus a man that done murdered 20 people. You in the same category he's in. Oh, no, he just stole. No, you in the same category. In a sinful state. Thou shalt not steal. I commit murder. They're not separated. They both sin. Man separates them. But the mind of Christ in you don't separate them. It does when you're not where you're supposed to be. In Christ. That's why the question is posed here. Where are you today? Because we start out good. Running the race. It ain't the quick that God is looking for in the race. Or the swift. It ain't even the slow that he's looking for. He's looking for the one running the race continually. It's the one that runs the race continually without stop. Amen? Keep running. Keep running. And so that brings me to the next verse in, in, chapter, in chapter 3, verse 9 in Colossians. And I'm going to bring it to an end right here. Because we all started out with the truth. Once we got saved, and we wanted to believe the truth, and we wanted to stay truthful, and we didn't want to commit any sin against God. But where are we today? Because verse 9 says, lie not one another. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off. See, the old man was lined off. But since you put off the old man with his deeds, then since you put off the old man, and since the old man has been put off, you don't want to lie. Because you claiming to be a disciple of him who said I am. When you put off that old man, you don't want to treat folk bad. You don't want to cuss folks out because they cussed you out. You don't want to allow folks who are upset cause you to be just as upset with them as they are with you. And they only upset with you because of a lie. They only upset with you because they don't like you. Folks can get upset with you when they don't like you. When they don't like you and you have a, you begin to have an inkling of anything that looks good to them or they jealous of it. You can tell by the tone of their voice when they're talking to you. They don't like you. When you find that anything negative that somebody can say about you, they'll agree with. They don't like you. But that shouldn't cause you nothing like them. Because why? Because of I am. Because of I am. So I'm asking today, where are you today? I know where you probably was when you gave your life to Christ. But is your life still in Christ? Are you still walking after his ways? Are you still giving over to him what's required of you? Amen. Amen. I, I, I'm not allowing the world to sway you one way or another. Not allowing the lies of some preachers who preaching that you've heard over the airways of where you didn't visit it to sway you from the truth that you know. Many have been swayed. Many have. I talked to a brother of mine the other day. He done took on, and you can't say nothing about this preacher. I'm just going to leave it like that. He brought him up. I brought him down. He didn't like it. But I had to make him look at the truth of the matter. I had to cause him to look at it. Why would you walk away from the truth to a lie? 
You know that's the truth. You know what he's saying ain't true. You know it ain't true because it ain't in the word of God. The truth is only in the word of God. Amen. 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 These preachers preaching about God said men, women can't wear pants and women shouldn't wear pants. Where, you, where is that at? In the book of Leviticus. It's in the book of Leviticus. But guess what? Let's tell the truth about it. Pants, the book of Leviticus was wrote thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Pants came into existence six to seven hundred years ago. How could they have been talking about that? See, I always say they know what it's saying. Y'all get with me now, ain't you? They know what it's saying, but they don't know what it's saying. Hmm? They know what it's saying, but they don't know what it's saying, and they're using it for their own good. Amen? Paul said it's a shame to a man to have long hair. So there's a preacher that preaches on uh, these preachers with these long hair and these ponytails in the pulpit. Paul had long hair. Jesus had long hair. All the disciples had long hair. They know what it said. They don't know what it's saying. Are you with me? So, where, whatever your beginning was, it should be increased in him. Amen? So you ask yourself today, because this is personal. Where are you today in him? Are you still living and giving your all? Or are you just giving it to him whenever you feel like it? Because he don't accept that. Amen, somebody. And I'm going to close with that. Give God a hand clap of praise. We're standing at this time. We're going to open up the altar right now for those that want some prayer. Whatever the case may be. But we yet continually praying for the sick and the shut-in. Continue praying for this world today in this city and other cities where crime is outrageous. And I believe the only prayer we can pray is God continue to cover us. Because God's having his way. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.